I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Five Creepy Near-Death Experiences The afterlife is a great curiosity to many. Is there a heaven or hell? And what really happens when we die? The five people on this list say they've answered that question by almost dying, and their stories are truly miraculous. These are five creepy near-death experiences. Number five, Reverend Don Piper. It was January 18, 1989, when Texas minister Don Piper was driving home from a church conference. While on a bridge, a truck rammed directly into his car. Piper felt the weight of the car roof crush in on him, the steering wheel digging itself deeper, eventually impaling his entire chest. The accident caused a four-car pileup. While there were several injuries, there was only one fatality, Don Piper. As paramedics waited for someone to take Don's lifeless body, he was temporarily left inside his car. As it began to rain, a waterproof tarp was placed above him. After about 90 minutes there, a passing minister, Dick Onerecker, felt compelled to stop and pray over him, despite knowing he was dead. The EMT allowed Onerecker to sit beside Don's body and pray. And to the shock of those around him, Piper started breathing again. After regaining consciousness, Don was in severe pain. He was rushed to the hospital, where it took him years to fully recover from the accident. He had to undergo 34 surgeries just to get back to any form of normal. For the first few months, Piper kept one thing secret from his family and friends. But soon after, he couldn't hold it in any longer and shared that in the 90 minutes that he was dead, he actually saw heaven. He remembers that as he died, he was standing in front of magnificent gates surrounded by people he had known and loved in life. He described these individuals as ageless, meaning in his perception while there, they seemed to be perfect. 
He describes he wasn't able to enter the gate, but as he was walking towards it, he could see various grand structures inside. On a large, faraway hill, he described seeing a bright light, and he felt as if God or Jesus was there. He was on his way to this hill when he suddenly found himself returned to earth. It turns out at that exact moment, the minister, Dick Onereker, was allowed to climb onto his car and pray over him. When Piper came back to life, he first saw and heard Pastor Onoraker singing a hymn to him. Tom Piper has since used his near-death experience to help people prepare for heaven in the future. Number 4. Crystal Merslock It was March 13, 1982, when seven-year-old Crystal Merslock attended a birthday pool party at a friend's house in Pocatello, Idaho. Crystal, having learned how to swim recently, felt comfortable enough to go into the shallow part of the pool. After some time, she got out of the water and was walking towards the deep end when two boys jokingly pushed her into the water. Christy fell into the deep end of the pool, but she panicked and began to drown. She was pulled from the water and immediately rushed to the hospital. Once there, a team led by Dr. Melvin Morse started working on her. But by the time Crystal had reached the hospital, she had no brain activity at all. In fact, her brain was swollen. She had no heartbeat for 19 minutes and the pupils of her eyes were fixed and fully dilated. By all accounts, at 3.30 p.m., she was clinically dead. However, Dr. Morse and his team still tried to save her. After 20 minutes of being dead, she was then miraculously revived. After she came to, Crystal later recounted her experience. She said she was aware of what was happening to her and that she had gone to heaven. According to the seven-year-old, she entered a tunnel with colored brick walls. At the end of that tunnel was light, so she headed towards that. Right there at the end was a woman with bright golden hair named Elizabeth. She said she was going to help Crystal. While in heaven, Crystal said she met God, including her late grandfather, as well as two little girls who were waiting to be born. Crystal Merslock was in a coma for three days after she was revived. When she finally got to meet Dr. Morse, he was surprised when the little girl told him she was familiar with him. Crystal told him she saw the doctor sticking tubes up her nose and poking needles into her arm because she was floating around the emergency room watching him. She also said she watched her family at home. It was after seeing this that she went into the tunnel and met Elizabeth. Crystal not only survived the drowning, but she went on to live a great life. Several psychologists and doctors have been fascinated with her case. Some believed her experience had a physical or chemical explanation, that they were simply caused by the body or the brain experiencing the trauma she went through. But others believe that what happened to her was purely metaphysical and supernatural, that the young girl really did see heaven and experience the afterlife. Number 3 George Rodinet. A neuropathologist and proclaimed atheist, Dr. George Rodinet suffered his near-death experience while trying to leave communist Russia in 1976. The doctor was vocal about his dislike and criticisms of the Soviet Union during the time and often voiced them out while working for the underground freedom newspaper Iberia. This caused him to garner a few enemies within the KGB. At 18, he was offered by Yale University in the United States to study and pursue an advanced doctoral research opportunity at the university. 
He was extremely intelligent, hence the university sought out his talent. But the Soviet Union didn't allow him to leave because they feared he would seek asylum once there. At the time, Rodinay didn't have a family, so there was nothing that would prevent him from not returning to the country. Two years passed since the initial offer, and Rodinay got married. He had also become a father. This time, the Soviet Union finally allowed him to go abroad as long as his family remained in the country to serve as a form of hostage collateral. On the day he was about to leave, the doctor stood by the curb waiting for his taxi. Suddenly, a car jumped the curb and headed straight for him. The vehicle hit him straight on, causing him to fly 10 meters before landing face down. The vehicle then drove over him a second time to make sure he was dead. It's believed it was the KGB trying to kill him to ensure his silence forever. The doctor suffered severe injuries. He had broken ribs, torn muscles, and mangled feet, along with a host of internal issues. Because of his severe injuries, he didn't survive and was pronounced dead on the spot. His body was then taken to the morgue and kept frozen and left there until his scheduled autopsy, which was three days after his death. During the three days he was dead, the doctor describes being conscious of who he was. He was surrounded by darkness and there was no physical pain. The darkness around him was blacker than any black and it horrified him. Although he was aware he still existed, he didn't know where he was. He then began to calm himself down when he tried to remember what happened. Once he felt calm and positive about his situation, the darkness went away and he was surrounded in bright, vivid light. He began feeling safe and warm. At one point, he saw molecules, atoms, protons, and neutrons flying around him to form life. He also said he went through a life review process where he felt like he was in a hologram. He didn't have a sense of his past, future, or present existence, but everything just appeared all at once. He added that he felt a sense of wholeness with the light and that everything was, as he put it, right with me and the universe. On his third day in the morgue, the doctor's body was brought out for the autopsy. Since he died under mysterious circumstances, an investigation was sought over the cause of death. As the coroner cut through the doctor's chest, Dr. Rodana suddenly opened his eyes. He was alive. They immediately stopped the autopsy and rushed him to the hospital where he remained for nine months. According to Dr. Rodana, as he returned to his body, he felt something powerful took hold of his neck and pushed him down. The force was so strong, he had to open his eyes and immediately felt the pain of the cut on his chest. His body then felt the extreme cold he was under while in the morgue freezer, and he began to shiver. After his recovery, the doctor only wanted to devote his life to studying wisdom. This led him to get a PhD in the psychology of religion from the University of Georgia. Afterward, he became a priest for an Eastern Orthodox Church. In 1989, he finally came to America and worked as an associate pastor at the First United Methodist Church in Texas. He remained there until his death in 2004. Number 2. Brittany Murphy It started as a regular hypnosis session. In 1952, hypnosis was all the rage and Colorado businessman and amateur hypnotist Maury Bernstein decided to place his own wife, Virginia, under hypnosis. It was during this episode when they uncovered something unusual. While attempting to get his wife to remember her life before she was born, 
To his surprise, she said she was a woman named Brittany Murphy. Through subsequent sessions, Virginia managed to recall and relay Brittany Murphy's life. She said Brittany was born on December 20th, 1798 in Ireland. She lived in a wooden house and was the daughter of Duncan and Kathleen Murphy. She added that Brittany lived until she was 66 years old and died without pain as an invalid in 1864. She also said Brittany had lived in the spirit world for a long time before being born again in 1923 as an American in Iowa named Ruth Mills. What's most fascinating with Virginia's account as Brittany Murphy is her recollection of how the afterlife is like. She details that the spirit world, or the afterlife, was a neutral location where she didn't feel happy or sad. While there, she was able to speak with people she once knew who had died, including a younger brother who passed away as an infant. When Brittany Murphy's story about being reincarnated came out, it caused a media frenzy. Everyone became obsessed with reincarnation and the afterlife, and there was even a best-selling book released in 1956 that was later turned into a movie. But with media frenzy comes curiosity. Journalists then began looking for clues whether Brittany Murphy really existed in Cork or Belfast. Eventually, a journalist uncovered that Virginia had a former neighbor growing up named Brittany Murphy Corkle. Little is known about her, but psychologists believe that Virginia actually suffered from cryptoamnesia, where she thought the stories told to her by her friend was now her own memory. Virginia later on regretted telling people of her story. In fact, she divorced her husband and went on to marry someone else. She also tried to distance herself from the story, saying that if she had known how big everything was going to be, she wouldn't have allowed herself to be hypnotized in the first place. Even though the story was said to be the result of cryptoamnesia, many still believe Brittany Murphy really did exist, that she saw the afterlife and lived multiple existences as different people in this world. Number 1. Thomas Sawyer It was 1978 when Thomas Sawyer, a snowplow operator from New York, had his life changed. He was in his garage fixing his pickup truck, and while under the vehicle, it inexplicably moved and rolled on top of him. The pain was immediate, and his son and wife rushed over to help him. They called for neighbors and tried desperately to lift the truck off him. During this time, Sawyer said he underwent his near-death experience. Sawyer described being inside a tunnel in absolute darkness, while there, he felt as if he was moving at the speed of light. Soon, he was aware there was a light near the end, and he moved towards it. Once he reached the light, he realized he was in heaven. Although he had trouble fully explaining what he went through, he said that while meeting the light, all of the questions he asked were answered almost simultaneously, as if he just knew the answer. He said the communication wasn't in words, but he simply knew. He let her coin the term superluminal telepathic communication. At one point, he asked about the Jesus stuff, as he put it. He asked if it was real, if he was divine or the son of God, and he said this was answered in the affirmative. The question and answer portion of his stay in the afterlife went on for some time. He asked both personal and private questions regarding that particular time in his life. Then later, he was told that if he wanted to return to normal life, he would be instantly returned, but if he chose to stay in the light, he wouldn't be able to choose to return. 
To help make his choice, he was shown his life in review. While in this state, it was like he was fully aware of everything all at once. He could see and feel what the other person was feeling and his effects on his surroundings, the animals, the plants, and everything around him. When asked if he wanted to join the light or go back to his life, he chose to join the light. But as he was about to become part of it, he felt a reversal through the tunnel and suddenly he was back in his body on the floor of his garage. Paramedics had arrived and immediately rushed him to the hospital. He had no broken bones but suffered internal bleeding and was deprived of oxygen for 15 minutes. After he got out of the hospital, he still wasn't sure if he had a near-death experience. But days later, he began taking an interest in things he normally didn't have any interest in, as this event had changed his life forever. His friends and family, including Tom himself, had noticed a marked change in his personality and life, all for the better. Psychologists have also interviewed him about it and believe there was a physical reason for what he experienced. Others, however, believe that what he went through was purely spiritual. So there were five creepy near-death experiences. These people have gone through a remarkable experience. When most of us aren't even sure if we want to believe in the afterlife or not, stories like these remind us that there's simply so much we still don't know. If you like this video, then hit the notification bell and subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every week on Wednesdays and Saturdays that we know you'll want to check out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon.